Welcome back, Poison Pals. This is your host, Megan Gesner. And your other host, Harini Bot. I wanted to do like different names, but then I I panicked and couldn't think of a, a name in time. <laughs> next time, next time. Next time. This is round two, Poison Pals, because we tried to record her usual on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And now we're back again. We had to take a little hiatus, so now we're back. I have mm-hmm. full energy this time. I have to admit, <laughs> when we were about to record on Wednesday, mm-hmm. we had just gone out for dinner and drinks, oh, several man. drinks. So I was buzzy, buzzy, but I was very excited to <laughs> tell the story either way. No, I'm glad you're excited, but I feel like if I, yeah, if I was doing, if I know that I had a fat dinner and then like now I have to like talk. <laughs> I'd just be a little bit sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm but I'm glad your story was so exciting that it staved off any sort of sleepiness. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I I think I had enough like uh good drinks in me that I was like mm-hmm. ready to go. <laughs> I was wired. I, it balanced it out. Okay, it balanced it out. Yeah. Sure. This is attempt number two at trying to record this episode. <laughs> Do is there anything that oh, I've got some stuff that I want to cover actually from Oh, our previous really? episode yeah just real okay. quick um yeah. so we got some feedback from my boothang phil awesome wait phil listen to it yeah yeah well i oh, actually i awesome. bugged him i was like listen to this episode <laughs> so thank I you phil it. for humoring us and listening but he one mm-hmm. he really enjoyed the episode um Good. he's been following the ivermectin uh social media frenzy a little bit um and uh one thing that he did tell me is that it it was about it was the part where i talked about how um what pharmacists are seeing are these prescriptions asking for people to dose their ivermectin 30-day prescriptions sort of thing yeah where i talked Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. okay so he sent me a text he wrote the 30-day prescription is a common one Um, You know, this this is coming from Phil, but he says Mm -hmm. the 30 day prescription is a common one. It's called the Harvard protocol. I don't know if you know anything about Mm -mm. the Harvard protocol. Um, He said ivermectin is taken on days one and two, seven and eight, 14, 21 and 28. It -hmm. almost always takes a few months to deal with. And then he ends his text with parasites are a bitch. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) And um uh, so I think what he was trying to say is when we were talking about like, oh, it's kind of sketchy that they're getting, they're trying to get these 30 day prescriptions. He was mm-hmm. just trying to say like, that's actually common if it's done the Harvard protocol way and it's like spaced out within 30 days. And that's something that is, that is done with ivermectin if you are using it specifically to combat parasites. True. 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 So, yeah. So that's all mm-hmm. he had to say with that. But, um, that's a, yeah. that's good information and I'm glad he, said that because Mm -hmm. what it seemed like was that they were asking people to take it every single day for 30 days right that's probably not the case right albeit even with this harvard protocol or how you usually dose ivermectin what Mm -hmm. is a diversion from the usual regimen is what Mm -hmm. we write in that clinical trial is that they are asking them to take it every day for at least five days straight right which is not usual but right uh, it doesn't seem like they're taking it every day for 30 days like we thought right Right. Or or like what we don't know is what we don't know is like these these prescriptions that are making pharmacists uncomfortable. Maybe it is asking like, yes, I want it for 30 days straight sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Right. Whereas Mm -hmm. with this Harvard protocol description, it sounds like it's it is you have it for 30 days, but it's spaced out on certain days. So, yeah, definitely just thought that was helpful information. So thank you, Phil, for giving us that. Thank you, Phil. Just kind of have to roll the punches and be also safe because, as you mentioned in that article about the pharmacist, there mm-hmm. are licenses on the line. You know, we don't right. want to dispense something that's for the incorrect either dose or regimen or even indication, and then that falls back on you. So it's right. kind of a tricky line to walk, uh, which totally. I don't envy for for any so, whether that's doctors or pharmacists. Right. Absolutely. So, what is that relationship between a physician and a pharmacist like because it's the physician who's going to be the one um prescribing it right mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. prescription is sent to the pharmacist to fulfill that's how, it, how that's how it works right yep so yes what is that like i imagine mm-hmm. there's a lot of tension there if a pharmacist doesn't agree with the prescription like you know what i mean like what happens then 
Yeah, there's no answer. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of tension. <laughs> no, no, there is. No, the answer is usually what they're supposed to do is there's like the pharmacist, if they don't agree with a prescription and how it's coming in or written mm. by the doctor, mm-hmm. They call the doctor's office, hopefully get in contact with the doctor itself and be like, hey, mm. like, are you really sure you want to uh, write it as this way? Like, what about mm. this way? You know, like, you just mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. do like your own recommendation and hopefully they say yes. Because mm. if a pharmacist is taking the time to actually call the doctor, mm-hmm. that probably means that they don't think that this they want to fill this medication or fill it as is because they think it's wrong. Right. Like, okay. just honestly speaking, like pharmacists know that doctors are very, very busy in their clinics and hospitals or mm-hmm. whatnot. So they're not going to they're not going to call the doctor every two seconds of every day for every small thing that they think should be changed. Most right. things they can work around. But if it's mm-hmm. really like something that they feel strongly, like, no, this is incorrect, then mm-hmm. they will call the doctor because it's one, their license on the line and two, the safety of the patient, of course, hand mm-hmm. in hand. OK, but. At the end of the day, if the doctor, meaning the physician, wants it to be written as such, we can't do much about it. The only yeah. thing where we come in as pharmacists where where we have jurisdiction over is we can decide not to dispense. And mm, we have that okay. uh, ability to do that. Like If okay. someone comes in and be like, hey, sorry, we I don't feel comfortable dispensing this. I'm going to give you this prescription back. And mm-hmm. if you want, you can take it to another pharmacy that mm, hopefully they okay. will dispense it for you but i under my conscious i cannot dispense it as such got it got it that's the that's the extent of it but yeah what you're probably asking is if you do dispense it and then there are ramifications for example if Mm -hmm. the patient gets like a really bad adverse reaction or Mm -hmm. i don't know something happens really terribly it -hmm. will fall on both the pharmacist and the doctor who prescribed it okay got it yeah good joint accountability (laughs) it is it is joint accountability (laughs) I totally told myself that I was going to do the research ahead of time and pull up this mm-hmm. article before recording, and I fucking didn't. So I'm just going to go off of <laughs> <okay>. my memory. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. That's fine. Dude, we're doing some hard-hitting research on this pod. What can I say? But um, anyways, so this is has nothing to do with poisons. I just thought it was bizarre, and it's kind it. of in line of spooky season, even though it's September. Oh, yeah. But well, we're I'm, ramping up. October is fast up. approaching. Dude, September does not exist. It is just as soon as August ends, it's just October. Yeah, it's true. And September's it's a filler true. month. Sorry to all it the is. September babies. It's a freaking it filler episode <laughs> and we just skip right past it. So right. anyways, I, Megan, you may have heard of this story because I think it was pretty like headline news, perhaps. Anyways, so I think this was back in... 1991 a man couldn't even tell you where because look like i said i just barely skimmed this article but somewhere in the united states no no no, it wasn't even in the united states this was australia i think so Uh this man he has a wife and kids whatever young kids i think it was 1991 he is a businessman of sorts so he goes to his wife and kids and he's like oh i'm gonna go on a business trip I'll be back in like a week or two, says bye. And he's mm-hmm. like wearing like his business outfit, whatever, to go to the airport. And he has like his briefcase and then out the door he goes, mm-hmm. does not return until this year. Mm. He's just gone. Okay. Just disappears off the face of the earth. He comes back. He literally leaves in a taxi mm-hmm. to the airport, I'm assuming. Then he comes back in 2021 I don't think it's the same taxi, but obviously, but he like returns in a taxi back to the same address, same house, Mm -hmm. and he's wearing the same clothes, same Mm. briefcase, everything, and does not remember at all what, where he's been for the last, you know, 35 odd years. What? Isn't that fucking weird? Okay. Now I just feel like I need to actually pull up this article. Yeah. Was this, was this a recent story? Like man missing for 35 years returns and has no recollection of his life. Correct. That is literally the title. Oh my God. Did I write the story? (laughs) Did you? And you just blacked out. And I forgot. (laughs) You are the man, Megan. You were it. Whoa. Twilight Zone. Oh Oh my God. Man disappears in Australia. Oh, Let's see if wow. that pulls up anything. I wonder if he just went into the bush. <laughs> <laughs> went he the probably outback. did. Uh, <laughs> disappearance. Oh, my God. Man miss. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. I think this is it. 
Oh man, I don't feel confident <laughs> I'm going to find the actual article right now. It's okay. We can always cut lots of dead air out. <laughs> yeah, I think this is not it, but we will... <laughs> I'll have to circle back poison okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Missing persons? No, Australia. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen right now. Anyways, I just thought that was super bizarre because I'm just like, what the heck is happening? Like, where does your mind go for 35 years that you just genuinely don't remember? Unless he's lying. But Right, right. Wait, so he he was originally <clears throat> in Australia or he went to Australia? No, he is from Australia. From Australia. Okay. Goes on a business trip. Never came come back. back. <laughs> Dude, I feel like that's half of the people that commit to actually staying in Hawaii when they're like, I'm never yeah. going to come back to the mainland. That's so true. That's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, 2021, everyone had gone to Hawaii. That was just like the thing. Every, and then people just the- didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's all I had to say. So we can we can move on to the story. Did, was that all you had to cover? You said you had that's other all, stuff. That's or no? all I had to cover. Just quick cool. update on the last episode. And uh, looks like we're ready to get into this episode yeah. for today. All right, so it is Harini's turn to regale us with some knowledge (laughs) and mystery. So here we go. Harini, take Mm -hmm. it away. What's your poison? Taking it away. And I'm not going to tell you the poison right away. It's going to be a surprise towards the end. I love me a surprise. And (laughs) surpresa. So, but this is kind of going back to our... I don't want to say our roots, but this is the home of all poisons. It's another Russian poisoning, but it's a very famous one. And I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't talked about it. I've known about the story for some time, and I don't know why I haven't done it sooner. I think I was just leaving it in my back pocket. But it's a pretty unique poison, meaning it's never happened before. This is the first and only time this poison has been used as far as public knowledge i suppose so i think it's a pretty interesting one so let's let's get into it so this is the poisoning of alex litvinenko in the in the uk specifically london okay it's been a minute since we've covered like a a russian poisoning it has been so before i get started let me talk about my sources Mm -hmm. my sources are primarily molecules of murder which Megan uh, tipped me off too. I really love that. Wait, no, Molecules of Murder is that the one that you told me about? Uh, I no, the, I think the one you might be thinking of is um, mine was Elements of, of murder. murder. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is the sister <laughs> book to that. Oh, like, dope. I think it's the same author actually. Right. So on. sister book to Elements of Murder is called Molecules of Murder. <laughs> so just I, getting smaller. <laughs> it's just getting smaller and smaller, <laughs> and it's really cool because I genuinely did not want to buy I, I should i didn't want i did not want to buy so then mm-hmm. i found it on some online library site and you you're allowed to borrow it for an hour oh, i love so that. that also made me hyper focused to be like i need to get the story done in one hour <laughs> <laughs> and that's what i did <laughs> nice nice so in addition to that i got some information from the lancet which is which is a journal mm-hmm. and the conversation and then i didn't use wiki but i just included it for fun yeah <laughs> Sometimes Wiki has like these weird nuggets of knowledge that you can't yeah. find anywhere else. And in your mind, you're like, Who, some some fool probably just wrote this in, but whatever. Exactly. And you know what? You're exactly right when you say some fool just wrote this in. Because I have been holding out sharing this information. But as part of one of our last stupid ass classes in pharmacy school, I'm sorry. It was just like the dumbest class ever. But we had to learn how to write an article on Wikipedia and get it oh, actually wow. like published. Oh. And that shit is so stupid hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was surprised to hear hard at the end of that. <laughs> people, there are such bullies. So I don't know oh, if people wow. understand how writing on Wikipedia works, but you you have to go through all this authorization and whatnot. And then yeah. you go go there and you choose an article. Uh-huh. You have to be extremely unbiased, like very factual. Like these are the facts. You can't be like, "Oh, I love The Matrix, best movie ever." You should be like, "The Matrix came out this year." Blah blah blah. Oh, right. So they do check for that because I thought oh, the yeah. whole like the whole joke about Wikipedia is sometimes people do get on there and then they write like biased, like hands down best film or like some sort <laughs> yeah, of yeah. nonsense. You know? No, totally. Like I think that's how Wikipedia was, but because they got so much flack for that, uh, it got highly regulated. So we all had oh, to shit. put in like our own two cents. It could have been anything. I don't even think you had to do anything with like pharmacy or science. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. believe. 
But in order to pass the class, we had to successfully get a paragraph, not even like a whole article, a paragraph right. approved right. through the Wikipedia like comments or whatever. Wow. And man, the people on Wikipedia are so mean. <laughs> wow. They like, like what did they write back to you? Sense. Oh, yeah. They, it was like almost think of it as like a massive Google Doc for yeah. that one article. And you can see all the revisions and histories. And there's people who are like the Wikipedia editing masters and they yeah. have to approve each word that you put on there i'm so curious to know like who they are do they have credentials like do they like I what's no their idea. credibility what I, I don't know I, but for someone who i have no idea like they're like behind the magic curtain they definitely act like they have a lot of credibility because they were knocking down every single sentence i put out there i was like all right wow. like, never mind <laughs> wow it That's was kind of nuts so fascinating all yeah right. it's a whole other world out there and that was like my very small blip of an experience on wikipedia on one article out of millions of articles on wikipedia right. so i'm sure that there are other better experiences or better editors but it was just like a bizarre world that i never knew about but oh yeah. my god Sometimes when I hear stuff like this, I'm like, I wish I was in the film industry so I could make a documentary yeah. about that. Like, because yeah. no one thinks about it until yes. you actually think about it. Megan, Anyways, Megan. this is all on a side. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. One last thing. <laughs> that is so weird that you just said that because my mind literally goes to this should be a documentary. Yeah. The yes. The oh, people so behind Wikipedia. Yes. It turns out they're all bullies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I mean, not, not all bullies. Them. Not all of them. <laughs> Just the all people right. who, who don't bullied like her molecules. Yeah, they just bullied me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Anyways, back to the back to the story. <laughs> so this is about the the poisoning of Alex Litvinenko. Litvinenko, and he was born in 1962 in Russia, and at age 18, very early, but I think this is very common as well. He joined mm -hmm. the army straight from high school, mm -hmm. and in 1988, at the age of 26 years old, he was selected to join the Russian Secret Service, aka mm. the KGB, mm -hmm. aka the Federal Security Service, or FSB, as we call it now. But then, the USSR dissolved in 1991. So around this time, and it I will start calling him Sasha because that mm -hmm. is that's his like common or like nickname. Right. right. So around this time, Sasha found out that members of the FSB were in cahoots with crime bosses all around Russia. So he and his colleagues did the unthinkable at the time and went public with their knowledge. Very dangerous. That is <laughs> shocking, even Very for shocking. today's standards. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty ballsy. So good on him. Especially and from folks from the... USSR at the time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. and I'm actually just shocked that he wasn't the only person like he could like his colleagues also called these people out so mm -hmm. good on them okay so November 1998 they called a press conference and told the media what was happening of course Sasha was arrested and jailed for several months mm -hmm. one of the CD plans that Sasha found out about was a plot to kill a Russian billionaire Boris Bezerovsky mm. who was a friend of Sasha's mm-hmm so Sasha comes public with this information. He effectively saves his friend's life. So in return, Boris helps Sasha start a new life in London. So this is how it all goes down. Because technically now he's like a person of interest, mm -hmm. Sasha is, because he spoke out against the government, against the FSB. So he's not really technically allowed to leave Russia. Mm. So this is what they did. Sasha and his wife Marina and his son and his sons went to Turkey in November 2000 for a quote unquote holiday. Mm -hmm. They were to return to Moscow by a connecting flight through London because this was their reasoning because they wanted to shop at the Heathrow Airport. I've never heard anybody. They choose a layover. <laughs> they point. want just to shop at the airport. They duty want that duty free. Yep, yep, yep. You just said it. Duty free, <laughs> dude. I always see like I always get pulled into like the duty free perfumes because it just looks so pretty. <laughs> I know. It's just so funny. Okay, it's good. It's good. I get it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was their reasoning. But as soon as Sasha and his family touch down in Heathrow, Sasha applies for a political asylum, and a temporary permit was granted to him and his family. This eventually becomes permanent six months later. So good deal. Hmm. Boris makes it clear to Sasha that he should leave Russia immediately as soon as ex-KGB Vladimir Putin became president. So this is kind of backtracking a little bit, but mm -hmm. around the time that he came out with this information, you know, what is it called? The 
whistleblower mm-hmm. after he became like a whistleblower at that time with the fall of the ussr vladimir putin came to power mm. so his friend was like dude you got to get the hell out of there like this guy's mm. no good so mm-hmm. they started to put this plan into action for him to come to london mm. sasha settles in london and employs sasha with a salary of five thousand a month mm. pretty nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sasha appears to have been employed by boris for a specific reason though to collect anti-Putin evidence and ensure that it gets published. Mm. This culminated in his very controversial book, Blowing Up Russia, parts of which were turned into a TV documentary financed by Boris. Mm. Sasha supposedly removed secret files from the FSB, and there were hints that he had been working for MI6 British intelligence as well. His life is quite fascinating, but our main interest today is to understand how and why he was poisoned. Because clearly... Mm. He was a man that certain Russian people wanted out of the way for good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so getting to the poisoning now. So in 2006, the FSB hatched a plot to kill him using a poison that they thought would be undetectable. So here's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, November 1st, 2006, Sasha takes his local bus into central London using his Oyster card, which is a prepaid card that mm-hmm. you pass mm-hmm. over the scanner, deducts the money, gains you entry to the bus. This card was used to identify his movements, Mm -hmm. which bus he took, which stop he got on and got off on, etc. This information was used to confirm that the bus did not contain the poison in question, and therefore was not the site of the poisoning. Hmm. So everything I'm going to be talking about for a good amount of time onwards is going to be basically a timeline of his events. So the bus arrives in central London at 11.30 a.m., and Sasha goes into a shop and buys a newspaper and a bottle of water. The next three hours after this is unclear, so we don't really know what he's up to, but then he resurfaces again at 3 p.m. at a sushi bar on Piccadilly, which was later confirmed to be heavily contaminated with this poison. Oh, man. And I'm laughing because in my head I'm like, we know what he was doing in those three hours from, from point A, point B. He was enjoying his water and reading his newspaper. Uh, true, 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 true. It just took Obviously. him three hours. <laughs> Dude, that's the European way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so at the sushi restaurant, Sasha meets with Mario Scaramella, mm-hmm. who's known as an Italian academic to the outside world, but was actually a member of an official investigation set up by the Italian government to look for Russian spies in Italy. Mm. Scaramella hands documents to Sasha, naming killers of the Russian investigative journalists, naming the killers of the Russian investigative journalists, Anna, Anna Polit, Politkovskaya. Okay, Politkovskaya. No, no, no. It. I will say it's always. I think it's always. <laughs> yeah. Repeat. Repeat. I think it's always good to always try to pronounce a name, no matter how hard it is. I think. It's true. Um, honestly, it's one of my pet peeves with uh, never with you, Harini, never with you. But like when people no. are like, you know, in high school, when you're reading books out loud and like you popcorn each other and then yeah. there's someone who's reading it and they're like, um, I can't pronounce this name. So I'm just going to keep reading. And then it's just like, oh, no, no, like, no, no, why no, do no. like read the name, like put effort. Just read it. Okay, anyway, that was I just agree. my, I had a trigger moment. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. I agree. Especially because no one can ever pronounce my name right. <laughs> uh, but anyways, her name is Anna Politkovskaya. There we nice. go. Right on. <laughs> Who was shot in the head on October 7th okay. at her apartment in Moscow. <laughs> right. I did not Sorry. see that coming. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, I put so much drama leading up to her name and then it was just the most horrible sentence it to proceed afterwards. It just ended okay. so quickly. <laughs> I know. I know. So I actually think I mentioned this particular journalist in a previous episode <clears throat> i couldn't even tell you which one maybe it was navalny i think it was yeah. in the navalny episode mm-hmm. so she was a journalist that was killed by the russians mm-hmm. on october 7th at her apartment in moscow okay sasha spoke at her commemoration in london at which she openly accused president putin of ordering her murder mm. the meeting at the sushi bar so now we're back to the timeline yeah yeah the meeting at the sushi bar ends at 4.30 p.m. And at this point, Sasha heads over to his next meeting place called the Pine Bar of the Millennium Hotel in Grosvenor Square, mm. I think is how you pronounce it. It's G-R-O-S-V-N-O-R. I want to say Grosvenor, but I know that's just not right. So I think mm. it's Grosvenor Square. Okay. okay. I trust you. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was here that Sasha came face to face with his killer. Whoa. At the Pine Bar, Sasha met with three Russians who just arrived in London and came to watch the football match between Arsenal and CSK Moscow. Mm. I put, I wrote football as F U T B O L. Football. If you just couldn't get it. Football. Just so I remembered what kind of football we're talking about. Okay. These three men were Andre Lugovoy, Dmitry Kovtun, and Vladislav Sokolenko. Damn, girl. All right. When Sasha gets to the table with the men, they had already ordered a pot of green tea mm. and a steaming cup of hot tea was sitting there waiting for him at his seat. Mm. Poisoned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys can catch on already. Don't do it. Don't, Don't do it. it. But you know what? I love a good hot tea. So I know. Who could resist? <sighs> hot so tea good. already poured for you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Drink it. The hospitality <laughs> of it all. Gotta I have know. it. It's rude. Sasha consumes this, this fatal green tea and contaminates everything he came into contact with afterwards, oh, as did his murderer. <laughs> Jeez Louise. After oh. meeting with these men, Sasha leaves to go to Boris's office, his millionaire friend, down in Down Street, where mm-hmm. he met Ahmed Sakayev, who, who was just like another business partner and friend, mm-hmm. who drives Sasha back to his home. Mm. Sakayev was a leading member of the ex. Is that says the Chechen exiles in London, mm-hmm. which I think is like a. I think I don't want to say this wrong, but I believe it's exiles from the Middle East, like different areas of the mm. Middle East, okay. perhaps. Okay. Okay. The car was later impounded due to its high level of contamination of said poison. Mm. So the car that was used to transport him to his house. Yeah. Sasha goes to bed at 11 p.m. But by he's vomiting, and this is continued throughout the night. Mm. The next morning, November 2nd, Sasha phones Lugavoy and Kovtun at the Millennium Hotel to call off their planned meeting at 10 a.m. that morning. Mm. That same day, the two men fly back to Moscow. Meanwhile, Sasha's conditions, condition worsens to a point where his wife, Marina, calls for an ambulance. Mm. At the hospital, the team diagnosed him with a stomach infection. Hmm. He gets sent home with painkillers and the advice to drink plenty of water and rest. Tale as old as time. I know, This is in the early 2000s, too. Yes. What the hell? I know. We ain't in the 1800s no more, (laughs) nor are we in the 60s slash 70s UK. Seriously, there's no... It is interesting. It just shows, like, I I think, like, maybe, like, historically, it poisons just are not considered as a likely situation but i think that's true like i think i think poisoning is actually quite rare Um, i think it is yeah even though we Um, have so many we have now 42 i know 40 plus it is rare but yeah still blows my mind though i'm like you would think that medicine would know by now but they don't don't they don't test for that shit right away they just don't and that's what like bums me out though because i'm like (laughs) i don't know I guess I understand why they don't test for it right away. But at the same yeah. time, I'm like, why not put that in as a protocol just in no, general totally. for medical practices? It's like, you know totally. what? We think it's probably just a stomach infection, but mm-hmm. let's do a tox test anyway. Like, do tox tests cost a lot of money? I That's what I was this. just going to say. Like, yeah. I don't know for sure, but my the first thought in my mind was... Perhaps it's expensive, and that's why they don't do it right away. But I'll have to look into mm. that and see. Yeah. Um, Anyways, sorry I got house. so I was just mad. I'm like, how long can this go on? <laughs> Get angry. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's make a change, Megan. Okay. All right. So yeah. So they send him home. They don't think anything of it. Stomach infection. Go to sleep. Mm. His GP, general practitioner, as they call them, out in the UK, mm-hmm. sees him later that day. And also diagnoses him with a stomach infection. But he feels it was extremely potent and sends him back to the hospital. Hmm. Good on you, GP. Yeah. At the hospital, they give him powerful antibiotics, but of course to no avail because that just Mm -mm. ain't it. The doctors noticed that his white blood cell count was very low, indicating that his bone marrow stopped making the new cells need to fight Mm. off the very much needed infection, which which was not an infection. Right. But whatever was going on with his body yeah now it's monday november 6th sasha can barely talk at this point he's being fed by a tube since he can no longer swallow his skin Mm. is yellow with jaundice indicating liver failure and he was tested for everything under the sun including aids and hepatitis but nothing was a match 
Mm. Then Sasha's hair begins to fall out. Mm. That's when he realizes he's been poisoned. Mm, yep. I know. He immediately agrees to give an interview for the BBC Russian service in which he claims that this all started at that sushi bar. Mm. Now we're fast forwarding. I think about a week later, it's November 17th. Sasha is completely bald. Doctors now think it's thallium. Yep. 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 Mm -hmm. Which they're not wrong about. I wouldn't knock them for that. In parentheses in this article that I was reading, a fave poison used by secret agents. (laughs) Right. Right. But his blood showed no signs of thallium. Wow. So head scratcher. Yeah. Then they think maybe he was poisoned with the radioactive isotope of thallium, which is thallium 201, which is a hmm. short-lived isotope that has a half-life of only a few days, meaning by the time doctors test for it, it would have cleared the blood to be undetectable. Wow. Okay. Which is very smart. Yeah. If you're trying to poison somebody. Totally. At that point, doctors were confident that his symptoms aligned with radiation poisoning, yet tests for gamma rays. The Geiger counter were negative and thallium 201 was ruled out as well. Hmm. They sent samples of, of Sasha's urine to the atomic weapons research establishment where it was discovered that Sasha's radioactive condition was due not to thallium 201, but to a deadlier substance, polonium 210. What? What? Have you heard of this story, Megan? I didn't even ask you I'm, in the beginning. No. I, okay. My brain cannot recall. So this is all <laughs> new to me. Okay, cool. Good, good, good. I'm glad. So on November 20th, so three days later, Sasha is moved to an intensive care unit, a.k.a. an ICU, and that Mm. was when the world found out about what happened and took an infamous picture of him that went around the world. Oh, I need to Google it. I know. I knew. I was like, when I put (laughs) that in there, I was like, I'm just going to research this right now. Yep. (laughs) So let's pause for Megan to find this picture. I'm actually very curious because I didn't look it up myself, to be honest. I was like, I probably have to look it up anyways when I post for Thursday, so... Is that the one where he's just in bed? Like, perhaps. I have no sickly. idea what it looks like. Does he look, is he bald? Okay. He is bald and okay. he looks, yeah, he looks sick. Um, <laughs> well, he just I'm laughing, but it's, but because I'm laughing because I don't know how else to describe it. He just looks like a very sickly, bald patient in a, Aww. in a bed. And he looks obviously weathered and old. Like, yeah, like, okay. 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 It's nothing shocking. It's just, right. I, yeah. I think I think we would have to do like a side by side of what he usually looks like, and then oh yeah, then that's a good idea. Because I don't know what he typically looks like. So two days later, on November twenty second, his condition deteriorates rapidly, and in the early morning of November twenty third, his heart stops and he dies. Mm. Wow. As soon as Sasha dies, everyone springs into action. Authorities called on Professor Patricia a.k.a. Pat Troop, who was the mm-hmm. chief executive of the Health Protection Agency, who called on all their teams to drop everything and go to the hospital Sasha was a patient at with orders to screen everyone Sasha was in contact with. Pat was in Helsinki at the time when she heard the news, but jumped on the next flight back to the UK because a dangerous radioactive isotope had been brought to London and was contaminating parts of the city. Hmm. That is a scary call to get. Like, I, yeah. I know I just, like, read that very blatantly or, like, nonchalantly. But, dude, you, how do you contain a radioactive isotope? Like, you don't know yeah. where the hell this guy has been. Like, And that's why we go through the timeline in the beginning. And right. like you said, Megan, those three hours where we don't know where he was, mm-hmm. that's pretty terrifying. Because he yeah. could have gone anywhere and we don't know where he brought that radioactive right. isotope right. to. Right? But did you say earlier that the the actual poisoning happened at the sushi restaurant? Right. You're correct. You're correct. Okay. Yeah. So there was no exposure. Like, like for, as far as we know, timeline wise in those three hours. Well, actually, that's a good point. Well, yeah, if we don't know what he was doing in those three hours, who's to say he didn't get some exposure to it in those three hours? But yeah, I mean, I don't know. To your point, Megan, mm-hmm. Sasha was the one that said he thinks it started at the sushi bar. We don't mm, know that for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. So it could have happened prior to that. We don't know. The only thing that we know for sure is that it wasn't on the bus on the way for him going to the central park or the town center where he got the water bottle in the newspaper and then right. he's off the grid for three hours. When you had originally mentioned that he was contaminating stuff after the sushi bar and then, and now you're saying like, it, it turns out there's a trail essentially of this polonium isotope mm-hmm. being discovered. 
I do in my brain, like, like my freaking monkey brain, the picture's like a cartoon graphic where it just shows him like as a, like a cartoon version of him walking like on a map and yeah. it's just like a green yes. slime trail yes. behind him or whatever. Absolutely. Like uh, even yeah. my more monkey brain goes to the Simpsons and the power, like the nuclear yes. power plant. Yes. And like he just has donuts in his hand and trailing <laughs> green slime everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And the donuts Anyways. also radioactive. It's like glowing in the dark. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> getting back to the story. So, scientists from the HPA and Atomic Weapons Establishment begin to investigate every possible location Sasha may have visited on November 1st. As part of Sasha's deathbed confession that he dictated to his wife, he accused Putin of being unfit for office and for instigating his murder in order to silence him. Hmm. Sasha was well, buried. This is- mm-hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt no, no, you. I know I always, when I get excited, I like to interrupt. No, I, I love this is it. When I, we have a, that's the whole point. We want to have to have a conversation. This is what I don't get. So this okay. all started because that one other person was shot, like assassinated. And so he ultimately was like Putin's regiment. Reg, Putin was responsible for this person being shot. And so in my head, I'm like, Putin, if you are here to assassinate him with poison why don't you just shoot him? <laughs> and like, like, that would be I too obvious. No, the Russians yeah, love their poisons, too. I they know just it'd love be it. too. Like, I get that it would be too obvious. Like, oh, this first person was shot, and then someone spoke up about it, and then they were shot. Okay, clearly there's a tie. But in my head, I'm like, here's the thing about Russians and poison. Which one? I would love to do a, a whole episode about why poison is their weapon of choice. In terms of espionage and whatever. Mm -hmm. But two, they're always bad at it. And that's why we hear these stories. And so I'm like, what's why even go the poison route, Putin? You're clearly still in power today. You could have just shot this person. I I freaking know. I freaking know. I'm sorry. Like, get it over with. But they love the element of surprise, like I said. They want to be sneaky. They want to be like secret agents. Uh, Okay. It's their MO. It's a bad MO. They're not good at it. But it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> thanks for letting me rant. Now you're good. Okay. So this is just like a fun tidbit, I guess. But Sasha was buried at Highgate Cemetery. His mm-hmm. most affected organs were removed for disposal elsewhere because they mm. were radioactive as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then what was interesting and perhaps a shock was that, and Megan, correct me mm-hmm. if I'm saying this wrong, a mullah? A mullah? Led the graveside ceremony, claiming that Sasha converted to Islam the day before he died. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I mean, I know that's... Like, I'm not familiar with that term in terms of, like, a priest. Like, a Muslim priest. Yeah. Because it's usually imam. Yes, correct. This just shows that I have such a limited knowledge of Islam, really. And, like... Well, also, like, because no one talks about death, you know, in a yeah. household. And, yeah. like, they, like, how would I ever know that practice unless someone died? But I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe I, I should take more accountability and just say I don't pay attention. But I'll <laughs> no. take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. That well, that is th- the term. This is what the article, this is the term that the article used, or a molecules by murder. I've never heard of that term, so I'll have to do my own research afterwards to see exactly How's what that spelled? is. How is it spelled? Sorry. It's M-U-L-L-A-H. So yeah, I guess he converted Islam the day before he died, and therefore a Muslim priest, essentially an equivalent of, presided over his graveside ceremony. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who the heck did the deed? Who the heck murdered Sasha? The poison itself is an important clue. Very few organizations have facilities that produce polonium-210 and even fewer that can concentrate it enough to form that it can be used to kill someone in a way where it doesn't expose the murderer. It is almost certain that the polonium-210 came from the infamous Poisons Lab in Moscow known as the Chimera, which is, I think, Russian for the chamber is what it Mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. So here's the trail of the polonium-210. So as far as we know, it more or less start at the Pine Bar, the Millennium Hotel, because that's where he met those three Russian guys and they put it in his tea. So he takes it from this hotel to Boris's office, then into the Mercedes that drove him to his home, and of course his home, and mm-hmm. then a the hospital that he was staying at. So that's the trail that we know of. But Polonium 210 was also found in places where they know Sasha never stepped foot in. For example, 
the two British Airways 767 planes on service between London and Moscow and the Emirates Stadium in Arsenal on the seats occupied by the Russian Sasha Met at the Millennium Hotel. Hmm. So that's how they sort of narrowed it down to know, okay, it must be these guys that were trying to target or assassinate him. So they tried to charge the three men, but were unsuccessful. In the interrogations of the three men, it came to light that Boris, his, his millionaire friend, had actually ordered the murder of his friend. But these are just mm. rumors. Although, even though these are rumors, this was a popular rumor. Like, it, got, it showed up several times in my Are research. you going to delve into that rumor a little bit? Like, what would be the benefit of him... So assassinating even, Sasha. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So even in the articles and molecules for murder, they don't go into like a great reasoning for that. I think basically they were trying to say like maybe he was in talks with Putin behind the scenes and was like, hey, if you take him out, I can give you more power in mm-hmm. the UK, like something like that. And just saying like, oh, he's a thorn in your side. Just take him out for us and we can help you out. But that doesn't seem super likely. Mm. And there was also talks like he is a millionaire and some of the things that um, Sasha was talking out about in the UK as he was living in in London Mm -hmm. were making some deals that Boris was invested in look bad. Mm. So perhaps he was losing money on that because of how outspoken or maybe too outspoken Sasha was. There were some implications Mm -hmm. of that, but it never came to fruition that he actually ordered a hit on his friend or anything like that. Got it. It definitely okay. is the three Russian people, and they eventually do get charged, but not in that moment. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So here's the thing. So it is a radioactive isotope, as I discussed earlier, but it just so happened to be that a bigger dose of polonium-210 would have killed Sasha sooner, mm. and a smaller dose would have weakened his immune system more slowly so that it, w- it would have looked like he died of natural causes. Right. But the dose that Sasha was given was quote-unquote like you know just the right amount where he was sick enough but not overly sick where he stayed alive long enough for them to identify exactly what it was that was killing him Mm. like uh, like honestly because based on um previous episodes like the thallium episode in my mind when you talked about the hair loss i'm i automatically think okay he was poisoned an intentional amount to make him sick enough right that where he's weathered and like in pain but long enough for him to not to know or doctors to know what's causing his ailment and just like with thallium it's not until what like a week later that his hair falls out and that's a sign that it's been in your system long enough but that's also obviously it's probably different with a radioactive isotope but it's also a sign that at least with thallium, it was like a it was a positive sign when you mm-hmm. lose your hair because that means that's you right. were dosed really really lightly. That is all to say, yeah, that's that's tricky. Like if I was the poisoner in this situation, I would want to dose an amount where it's not apparent, and right. so they kind of did that. Yep. But then it's like, yeah, it is a weird like backfiring of like, okay, well, it was long enough that we could leave but too long <laughs> that yeah. they were able to identify it. Yeah. Well, well exactly. Kind of going back to your point, Megan, where the Russians insist upon poisoning every single time, mm-hmm. even though they're not the best at it, considering all the stories we now have right. about Russian poisonings. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, they're not, they're not calculated. Like they're not super precise every single time, because if they yeah. were, they would know to give an even lesser amount than they did. So I think mm-hmm. I don't know like who these three Russian men were, but they clearly did not do like the best detailed right. job because right. they gave him just a little bit too much more than he needed to the point where he didn't die. Like he got sick. He did get sick. Mm-hmm. He didn't get super sick, but he got pretty sick mm-hmm. to the point where he was in the hospital and people were doing active a lot of tests on him, but he wasn't dying, you know? Mm. And so that allowed them the time to actually figure out what the heck was causing this causing his symptoms right and that was their downfall right so it's just like a little bit too much it's like that perfect sweet spot that's super hard to get yeah okay if i was a government entity with a lot of power and pull enough to assassinate right yeah and we knew we were going to do this job 
in my mind, if I, I'm going to do the whole like, if I if I was going to assassinate someone, right? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. So if I if I had all that influence and the power and the ability to do like a control trial, <laughs> like honestly, if I if we knew that, okay, if we got caught, this would put us at risk for like global national exposure and critical criticism, whatever. Mm-hmm. I would have my team like honestly target someone like I target a civilian. It's fucked up. I'm just going to put it out there. We're going there. I would have my team target a civilian that matches the exact height, weight, life, age. You know, they're a cigarette smoker. Real target is a cigarette smoker. Have Mm -hmm. the civilian be a cigarette smoker. Like I'd I'd target a practice, you know, person. As as exact as possible. Mm -hmm. As exact as possible. And then do the plan. And then if anything went awry there you could take no and be like okay we can adjust for our real target later and i just feel like those things aren't happening <laughs> I can't, I can't. remind me never to piss you off <laughs> i just don't get it it's like there's so no, much in terms of like the level of power that they have to be able to even pull these things off i'm like why don't you try harder <laughs> like honestly go back to basics like where is the scientific method yeah are they like testing this on mice because yeah where's your hypothesis work. like you well, need to do the a whole, they have the whole poisons labs poison you lab need to do a human trial right. i know yeah, i know get it's that shit up. fda approved to phase two trials so you can try on a small population of humans no oh my God. <laughs> uh dangerous talking but it's all fun like i'm i'm not a you know yeah anyway. we're not like scientific masterminds we're over here oh my gosh very quick side story Mm. when i think i must have been four years old my dad took me to our local library to get like i don't know books on the berenstein bears and shit i love it and my dad was like holding my hand because i was a a wild i was a loose cannon i would just run the fuck Mm. away if he didn't hold my hand so he was holding my hand and i looked up to him and i said i said papa what are you gonna be when you grow up and he said, a mad scientist without without skipping a beat. He's, and then we yeah. just continued walking. And I believed him <laughs> to this day. Wow. <laughs> Dude, your dad, dad's got jokes. And honestly, it's cl- slightly true. He is a mad scientist. He is. Yeah. He's mad. Good. He's just all mad. No scientist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's where all the, all the madness is channeled into his running. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> trying to burn it off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, okay. Okay. So now we're gonna head into the toxicology. So that was okay. a story. Interesting. Let's go into the the science yeah. of it all. Okay. So as we now know, the toxin in question is polonium two ten. Scaramella, mm-hmm. the Italian who Sasha met up with at the sushi restaurant, was arrested soon after Sasha's death because, as you guys remember, Sasha uh, thought that it all started at the sushi restaurant. Mm. So they first, of course, like backtracked his events and found out that he met up with this guy so they do a urine test on him which was positive for polonium 210 which mm. i think is very bizarre because he did not meet the russian guys at that point he met them mm. after the sushi restaurant so i don't know how that happened unless they followed him and i think he got dosed before that so honestly megan my personal mm. theory is in those three hours they did uh dose him unknowingly somehow Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So Scaramella was arrested soon after Sasha's death. They do this testing on him. He was positive, but it was only an expected background level. So it was clear that he was not the assassin, meaning like he's not the one that delivered the right. poison because it would have right. been way higher if he, it was mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. So what's the big deal about polonium 210? How does it cause the damage? Mm-hmm. Damage is caused by alpha particles emitted by polonium atoms as they convert to the element lead. Mm. So alpha particles are relatively harmless. Harmless. A sheet of paper will stop them. Mm-hmm. But when they are ejected from an atom inside a living cell, they can easily mm. disrupt vital cellular mechanisms. Mm. So uranium ores contain about 100 micrograms, which is very small, very, very small. 100 micrograms of polonium per ton, mm. which is about 100 parts per trillion. So very, very small. It mm-hmm. sounds super, mm-hmm. super small, and it is. 
But this Mm -hmm. small amount can be extracted. And this is exactly what Marie Curie did in 1898. Mm. Who discovered polonium-210 and named it after her home country of Poland. Hmm. Polonium has no role in our bodies, but there are trillions of polonium atoms in our body body right now. We're sitting here Mm. speaking to each other. There's polonium in our bodies. Mm -hmm. It's present in our bodies as polonium-209, though. So I don't know if you remember from chemistry, even I'm pretty shaky on this, isotopes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. an element can have different isotopes, meaning it can... So all the elements have certain numbers of protons if you guys Mm -hmm. remember to the periodic table Mm -hmm. but they can have different numbers of neutrons and so Mm -hmm. depending on the number of neutrons that's where you get the different isotopes Mm -hmm. so you have your set number of protons and then whatever it adds up to will be 209 that's a different isotope than 210 so you just have one more neutron Mm -hmm. in polonium 210 yeah so 209 is what's in our bodies typically so these items are present in everyday Things like foods we eat, all soil contains traces traces of polonium. Mm-hmm. The air we breathe contains polonium. Polonium is even in tobacco smoke, which is not mm-hmm. that surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that the average human body carries around seven picograms of polonium, it is still regarded as one of the deadliest substances of our world. Wow. So let me put it this way. If one microgram of polonium-210 is given as a single dose to your body... That would be about 1 million times the average quantity present in your body at any given time. Mm. And of that one microgram, even if only 10% of that one microgram is absorbed into your blood, it would cause every living cell to have scores and scores of polonium atoms, Mm. every one of which could and probably will bind to proteins and Mm. remain in each cell like tiny little bombs waiting to go off. Wow. Usually, our body can repair our cells pretty quickly, but when there are millions of alpha particles being blasted through our cells at once, the repair mm-hmm. system becomes overwhelmed and death is almost certainly going to happen. Wow. So, obviously, 90% of the toxins we talk about on this pot are very deadly, but I must emphasize that polonium is one of the most toxic substances we know of. Any kind of radioactive substances, they're just going to be like on another level. Right. Like the like the fatality level is severe like yeah like it's a, all the certain. toxins yeah all the toxins we talk about are deadly but like yeah. maybe they have um better prognosis this is a situation sure. where i mean are you i'm assuming there's not that much of an annex- antidote no yeah. exactly so i think when we think about things that are very deadly i mm-hmm. think of it in terms of how fast potentially it will kill you and also mm-hmm. is there even a good antidote for it and as megan you like hit on mm-hmm. there's not really good antidote mm-hmm. for this because how do you yeah. combat radioactivity you know right right um how was it administered again to him like do we know if, if it, so it seems sounds like he was in, he ingested something yes um so it came as a solid form is it typically like a powder like how does someone mm. carry that on their body like clearly the no, poisoner was exactly. impacted right yeah, so f- from what I was reading, it was concentrated to a powder form mm, somehow. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was concentrated to a powder form, and I believe they sprinkled it into the green tea. Mm. But as as I mentioned before, he definitely was exposed to prior to that meeting with the green tea, but I don't mm. know how they administered to him in that form. Mm. I'm assuming it's still powder, but I don't know like exactly how they did right, it. Or like whatever. how they took it out, mm-hmm. how they handled it. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Because the guys, the three Russian guys, they definitely were, they tested positive for polonium-210 and to higher amounts, mm-hmm. indicating that they were the actual assassins. Right. And I believe they all, go, I don't think they died, but they all go on to be very, very sick. And mm-hmm. eventually, like, as with all radioactivity, like, it turns to mutations, turns to cancer. Yeah, and this yeah. And that. That's interesting. I wonder... Okay, maybe there could be like a very smart element to this poison here. Poison here, like what if those three were supposed to die? You know what I yeah. mean? Like that they were like, like a suicide squad essentially. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But what if they ended up botching it because they're like, well, maybe we can poison him without us killing ourselves, right? But they were supposed to. You know what yeah. I mean? They were supposed no. to die. I don't know. I mean, I, that's kind of what I think on all of these mm-hmm. types of missions. I assume the people that are go- going out to kill this person, mm-hmm. they should be prepared to die too. Like that's my mindset. There's always yeah. a potential that 
they something could go wrong or they risk mm-hmm. exposure to themselves yeah. and they just have to be okay with the fact that they may get sick as well and die right but, but also like yeah. let's say i was okay let's say i was putin and i i was the one to order this i'm like y'all are loose ends like it's a win-win yeah. for me if everybody dies here i can always get mm-hmm. more agents mm-hmm. you know oh, again 100%. i'll write a i'll write a <laughs> I'll, I'll pull an OJ and write a book. Dude, you should. I you should. Because I, I, I 100% agree with you. Okay. So it's debated, but according to some sources, it is up to a trillion times more toxic than cyanide, mm-hmm. which is wow. a lot. Well, a yeah, trillion times. A trillion. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's a lot. Of, that's a cyanide lot of ain't n- cyanide. <laughs> yeah. I think that statement is more due to the rate of active nature of polonium, yeah. as I said. But yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good, like, reference point, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I sort of alluded to this earlier, but polonium radius alpha particles and alpha particles are very easily absorbed. So this makes it hard to detect via radiation mm. detectors like Geiger counters, which is why they were not able to detect it mm. via okay. that. Yeah. But why is this important? Well, because that makes polonium easier to smuggle than some other agents. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think that aided in the fact that they were able to bring it into the UK from Moscow. No one was really de- able to detect it at all. Hmm. If you get exposed to polonium radiation, can you reverse it? Slash, is there an antidote? Yes and no. For hmm. example, if you get exposed to a large dose of polonium at once, you're lucky if that happens hmm. because then you will start vomiting and that will expel a good chunk of the polonium. Ah, okay. If not, and if you can catch it early enough. You can do a gastric aspiration, a.k.a. get your stomach pumped, and that will take care of most of it. But for any of these, it's not a 100% solution or cure. Mm. You can also do chelating agents and just something mm-hmm. that will bind to the polonium and move it out of your system, similar to how you treat heavy metal poisoning, which we talked about right. many times. Right. But once the radiation re- reaches the blood, that's a point of no return. You're, you're mm. pretty much gone. Hmm. So Sasha's cells were under attack with millions of particles every second. So it's truly a miracle that he survived as long as he did. But because he survived as long as he did, that was the reason why they were able to figure out what the poison question was and find out, not only that, but also find out who was responsible. Mm. When you consume polonium, the first cells that are affected are cells that have a high rate of division. So your hair, hence why his hair fell out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm then the immune system will break down. So that's why you'll see a drop in your white blood cell count. Hmm. Then the polonium will pass through your liver, which is usually a good thing because your liver is the only organ with the potential to remove this chemical from the body. But instead, this is where the polonium 210 will hit the hardest to cause liver failure, which will result in jaundice. Hmm. So it kind of sucks. It's like the one part of your organ that could save you, it just breaks down and buckles under the pressure. Right. And that's it. Then the polonium-210 will make itself at home in the cells of your heart to cause Mm. irreversible damage, and then your heart stops. Very similar to what happened to Sasha. Right, right. And that's that. That's the story. Damn. (laughs) Damn. I I think this is our our first radioactive. No, no, no. no, no. We did. We did. No, it's not. My bad. The radium girls. We did radium girls. That was so. That was early BSIP era. You know, it was a long time ago. Okay, so it was. I think this is our second radioactive talk. This is our second. That's cool. I yeah, I didn't hear about the story. Two thousand. So this happened between two thousand six and two thousand seven, or did it all take place in the year two thousand six? All took place in two thousand six. Yeah, I'm trying to think about what was I doing in two thousand six. <laughs> I know I was in sixth grade. Yes, I so I was that just too. a youngin and yeah. probably wasn't paying attention to the news. I was I like did... listening to Chris Brown on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I uh, I did look up the bef- like the comparison photos of Sasha when he's. It's that famous photo of him being sick, and then there's the photo of him mm-hmm. healthy and well on Wikipedia, and he looks like a totally different person. Like okay. it's. It's like, honestly, if you, you know, someone who might be going through chemotherapy, like right. you, you just look totally different. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think honestly, out of this episode, I have a revitalized interest in Russian assassination attempts and stuff like that. Cause like, I think for us, our podcast would be so, like, we could take the easy way out and just look into all the assassinations that have happened with Russia. Cause yeah. I think there are so many 
there's so many but i think it's like worth it like if to do a special deep dive into like why is that their culture yeah um, yeah like they don't yeah. i mean i don't know enough about russian history or even yeah, the yeah. culture to know like are they big into like the arms race? like do they like using weapons or do they prefer right. the poisons and why why is that you know right like so yeah um because i get the appeal of poisoning your opponents like i get the appeal but i'm like do we not hear about it from the u.s's like side like like do we have i don't know agents out there who do use poisons as a tool but like either they're more discreet or we don't use it at all like i don't freaking know um that is all to say i think polonium 210 is an interesting choice of poison just because i'm like yeah you you as the poisoner you're at risk yeah it doesn't seem i don't know it simultaneously seems like an efficient poison but also like not and then it goes back to like i feel like every time i hear a story about russian poisoning it's almost like trial and error like Mm -hmm. okay we tried polonium in the mid 2000s let's move on to something else in 2008 or whatever 2012 definitely and then let's move on to late 2010s and try a nerve agent well that's that's the craziest part because i was just thinking like oh like i think maybe this is more of like a old school russian tactic but no because they literally poisoned Navalny in 2020 with a nerve agent with novichok so they're still going strong with that yeah i'm thinking this story isn't is an old school poison for them yeah you know what i mean in terms of like figuring out okay if we're gonna keep doing poisonings uh, what have we learned from all of these moments in our history so they're right. like okay we know polonium 210 isn't isn't uh didn't work out that well because we were just like it, people found out <laughs> but that is like I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like almost like bad luck. I hate to say it. I mean, obviously we want them to find out. Right. right. But it's like so much bad luck on their part where they just happen to just a hair dose it wrong. You know, just, just a hair incorrectly where everyone's able to figure it out. Right. And who would have thought like a for effort in terms of uniqueness and creativity Mm -hmm. of using Mm polonium 210, like how the heck would no one, no one would have known to even test for that. Right. And it's even more hard because you can't test it on the Geiger counter. Right. They yeah. were on the right track of radioactivity thinking it was thallium to mm-hmm. 10 or whatever it was, but mm-hmm. it doesn't show up on the Geiger counter. So that's why they're like scratching our heads about it. Yeah. So it was just purely luck that they were able to figure it out. That is polonium. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's wild. Yeah. Ugh. Well, thank you for sharing that story. I'm just left with a lot of thoughts <laughs> and a lot of questions for well, Russia. <laughs> all right. Shall we? Yeah, we shall. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Harini, for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Uh, My antidote today... uh, It's not that I... My antidote is that I have the pleasure of looking at Harini right now, and she's wearing her (laughs) Maluma Baby t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. So my antidote is, like, I get to see Maluma. (laughs) When? Oh, today? Oh, my God. No, literally... Literally, while we record, I can look oh into his God. eyes, which are uh, on your shirt, which is yes, dude. That's my answer. Like I, yeah. Now I was just gonna say he looked so freaking fine at the Met Gala too. Ah, uh, dude, he Snack. killed it with the theme. Like he did, he did. Shout out to all the brothers who wore leather fringe at the yes. Met Gala this year, because I'm like, you know what? That is iconic American it fashion. Is. It truly so yes, is. Yes, Maluma, we loved it. But that's my antidote, and it's it's honestly because like I genuinely enjoy s- seeing you rep your Maluma <laughs> gear because I know how much you love him. But also like I don't know, it's Friday. Uh, I don't it's have a Friday. lot going on in my life right now. Like it's just a good day. It's just good. A good day. Yeah. I'm glad. Yes. Um, my antidote is last night. So backstory dave and i we did not get to do a honeymoon because you know mm-hmm. we gotta work so we've been working but in order to take a little bit of break from everything we rented out an airbnb in a, a nice trendy spot in san diego called Univer- university heights and mm-hmm. it was right above 
a bunch of bars and restaurants. So we've just been going out every single day for the last like two and a half weeks and just having a good time. Yeah. And so we knew last night was our last night before we had to leave our Airbnb. So we decided to make a night of it. We went out to get drinks and then we nice. walked like 40 minutes to like work up an appetite to another place that was almost nice. near South Park. So we like walked a good amount of t- wow. like a good amount to get to yeah, dinner. Yeah. Uh, and then we had dinner at a really nice Italian restaurant, which Ooh. I'll tell you about. I, I would tell you guys right now on the pod, but I cannot remember oh, <laughs> right okay. now. Okay. It's not coming to my mind, but <laughs> it was delicious. And mm. what I thought was very unique is on the menu, they at the very bottom, it tells you the names of your wait staff. It says oh. who's on the floor and who's working in the kitchen. So... And I love that. It was like very personalized. You got to know who you're speaking with, who's serving you, and also know who's cooking this food with so much uh-huh. love and passion. And everyone was legit Italian, like first and last name, like from love Italy. That. Love so that. It was just a good time. It was just a good time. That's um, dope. Food is great. I so, know you like yes. your Italian food. I know yes, this girl, yes. Harini over here, <laughs> college. She's actually the one who introduced, introduced me to gnocchi. I had no oh, idea what the hell that was growing really? up. Yeah, because I don't know. We just didn't eat Italian food. <laughs> yeah, for sure. for sure. But she was up in the kitchen cooking her Trader Joe's pumpkin gnocchi. Mm, mm. And I know she got a flavor for pasta. Um, <laughs> yes. So I'm glad you got some dope-ass Italian food. That was dope. We'll have to yeah. go with some time. It was really a good time. And it's a good like date spot, too, for if you yeah. and Phil wanted to go there. But yes. Anyways, so after that, we were like out until like 9, 30, 10. And it was like one of those nights that's just like super spontaneous. Mm-hmm. We made reservations at 7. But then I saw this brewery I really wanted to go to. And I was like, we're going. So then mm. we like sat our asses down for like 20 minutes. And we're like 30 minutes late to a reservation. But it was all good. We still got sat right oh, great. away. So it all worked out. And then afterwards, it was definitely like too far to walk back yeah. in the dark. It was like almost an hour walk. So then we found two birds and we birded it all the way Aww. through the neighborhoods at night. And it was that just beautiful. So that is so fun. It was so fun. It was so yeah. fun. And Megan and I share this love as as does they, but we love looking at houses yes. and just like oh looking gosh. through the neighborhoods and peering into people's homes yes. and what their like decor and their setup <laughs> yeah. looks like. So that's what we were doing. I was just riding through and just watching everybody. Yes. It was, it was a good time. And then we made oh. our way back and then we slept. <laughs> I that love that. Yeah. In my head, I was like, I would not walk 40 minutes after an Italian dinner. No. Hell no, B. Hell no. <laughs> but it, uh, I love that you birded and didn't actually Uber. Like, it's like, why not take a scooter, no. get some fresh air, enjoy. Exactly. But then what if it's like twist, you end up seeing a murder and then it's just like, <laughs> just oh my God. God. <laughs> oh God. I get, you never know. Exposed to Polonium 210. No, I was super <laughs> adamant about that because they was like, yeah. we could just Uber. But I'm like, no, we're going to bird it back. Like, yeah. I just want to experience this neighborhood one last good time choice. before we have to go. And it was really a good, good way choice. to, good way to see everything. But yeah, that's, that's my awesome. Love it. All right. That's our episode, Poison Pals. Thank you for listening. Let's see. Harini, do you want to take it away? All right, Poison Pals. Don't risk it for that isotope biscuit. Because that's worth it. Kill you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, that's Poison it. Pals. And mm-hmm. hey, before before we leave, make sure you rate and review. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> Good night. Goodbye. I love you. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> <laughs>